I am unashamed. What about you? Have you done anything in the last three to five days? Uh, when the solid food never comes, digesting the wrong food and behaving upon it, or digesting the right food and the and the things to follow, uh, constant digestion of the proper food, the scriptures. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't know. I well, was, you're scaring me, Phil. <laughs> brings forth good, not evil, because the text says solid foods for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. If you're waiting on somehow God's going to train you, save you, he'll actually train you, but he's actually given you the food which are the scriptures according to Hebrew, the Hebrew writer, solid food, scriptures. Kind of what you put in. Are they, is, is what, for the mature, is what who by are. constant use have trained themselves to do something that's easy to do, really, to distinguish between good and evil. I mean, you take yeah. the scriptures, you take them in. If you don't take the, take the scriptures in, show me a man that does not take the scriptures in and I will show you what he's writing about. His graffiti, the word that keeps coming up is F-U-C-K. You say, yeah. where'd that come from? You're like, that's what he's been ingesting. But I, in, tend, in, I, tend, point. I tend to read that. He's point. incapable of distinguishing good from evil. But Galatians 5.19 says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Mm-hmm. So that Case in point, is a factor. When you see someone using that word to get their message out, you can say, no, I'm not running with them. Right. Not, well, if, not if that's what's... That's usually a bad sign. I mean, I think I told this story before. I was. It's en- not usually I, a bad sign. A, it's always a bad <laughs> sign. I was enamored with a young girl in high school that I thought was just the greatest-looking woman I'd ever seen, and I thought, I must, I must go out with this woman, or at least attempt. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally got around to meeting her, about the fifth word out of her mouth was the F. F bomb. Yep. And I look, I thought, okay, that's all that. I mean, I, I just immediately, because I just thought. You were correct in your assessment. Yeah, this is not what it seemed. And I didn't, I didn't even no. want to go further down that road. Now, look, all you, you made have me to think do, of Al, something. Is read the graffiti. You made it, me think of something. It's telling you a story. Really weird yep. when you talk about food. And, and I do like the illustration of the Bible being food, but I got in this weird discussion the other night. About you remember the Wilson weenies? You me- you remember eating those as a kid? Wilson weenies? Sure. Well, I did. Best too. weenies ever made. Well, but I googled <laughs> it on the computer because we had a discussion. Because mm-hmm. I you know now I don't eat weenies because yeah. once the Wilson weenies went out of business, that ended it. 
Everything it, else is subpar. It's subpar. <laughs> but we were trying to find – I was telling uh, Cole's girlfriend about it, and she was like, well, I need to know about that. I was like, it's the greatest weenie ever. I mean, I was making We all. could eat it. We ate them cold. Oh, I, I called it raw. And, and Missy's like, I'm, I'm getting nauseous. I'm getting nauseous. I said, <laughs> no, wait a minute. They're cooked. I know, but they were – they you were just have, the greatest. You didn't have to heat them up. That's but what you're saying. What yeah. happened was, so for whatever reason, I can't figure it out. It was the greatest weenie ever made, and they quit making them. So then through the years, other companies tried to imitate it because they were red. Yep. But they were horrible. <laughs> I mean, they looked like a Wilson weenie, but you took one bite and said, nope. They always had a snap about them, like when you Ow, eat them. They'd I said snap. the same thing. Yeah. Popping weenies, they call them. They, they were all getting not because you know now today in our culture, you know that my son was in you know went to Pepperdine and his girlfriend, and now over there, every little thing is scrutinized about what you eat, you know, or drink. You know, you can't drink bottled water. I was like, what's wrong with bottled water? I first I'd heard of it. They're like, oh no, there's some kind of chemical in the plastic that you're dead. You'll be dead in ten years if you know. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm living proof that's not true. Well <laughs> You would have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I you know, I'm trying to so then it spawned in the conversation because then I started thinking, why are some of the greatest products ever? Why have they been eliminated? You remember those colonial honey buns? Oh, the best. The, the greatest honey <laughs> bun ever. And I just looked up one day, and they were gone. Yeah. And I thought, I heard that they sold the company, but through all that, we now have no Colonial What was so good bun. about the Colonial Honey Bun is it's like a ribeye steak. The outer ring on it was so tender, remember? Yeah. Like, it was all good, but the outer ring was just and like Nirvana. And it wasn't Nirvana. cakey. It no. Was, the honey bun was not cakey. It would melt in your mouth. And now the honey buns that I are left about colonial honey buns. will make you gag. Oh, yeah. You made them. And every, I'll take a bite. You know, my son had one. He got them out of a box. I said, that ain't going to be no good. <laughs> and he said, no, they're pretty good, you know. I took one bite. I said, nope, it's not a colonial honey bun. <laughs> it ruined me <laughs> for, for all. So I don't know. Somebody I wonder made how no, long they've been out, the off story. the market of colonial. But I thought about a, that on the Shipley's Donuts. Remember that? I could literally eat a dozen of them in less than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Minute, the, what was the ones over in Shreveport? Not Minute Maid. Wilson Reenies. No, no, no. The he's donuts. The, donuts, the donuts. hot donuts. What were they called? Southern Maid. Southern Maid. Southern Maid. Well, but I got the Shipley quite I know. Uh, above that. Really? Uh, they're good. Well, because they're so succulent, they're not heavy on you. So you could eat large quantities of them. <laughs> Which we did. I mean, I ate them by the dozens. You know, and look at me. You think, it didn't. Well, you it wasn't a high that. Metabolism I mean, too, now, yeah. Willie, okay. But you could make a case. Too many shipless donuts because we used to eat a dozen a piece well, just I'm, to get. I'm into my 70s. I've eaten anything I ever wanted to eat and all that. You say, I'm in my 70s, and I still weigh in the 170s, so I'm not a heavy man. You say, but you got a little bit of insurance here. But the bottom line is, you know, so I've proven that you can eat donuts, pies, cakes, whatever. It doesn't affect your anything, as long as you kind of stay moving. Well, my point is— Have a salad, you know. I guess guess (laughs) if if you, you know, diversify your diet, you'll be better off. But I think an occasional— no, dozen donuts is not going to kill you. Is what I'm saying. The problem is, 
What I was trying to figure out is why the best in breed, I gave you three examples, and they all went out of business. That's what I don't understand. Either government regulations or just the cost, the cost of them making a making Maybe that's what it is. The best materials are just more expensive. And to be honest, Jason. You know, what you get now, probably when you're eating a weenie, you're talking unborn calves, sick calves. You throw it up, make weenies out of them. And, you know, it's just a, if you're just eating scraps ground up real fine. All right. I don't, now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> I'll never eat another hot dog now. Not that the meat manufacturers would do that. Well, that's what uh, Bill Ansley always said. Oh, you don't want to eat weenies. That's lips and buttholes. That's what they, that's yeah. what goes into that. That was his line about weenies. They so say the know. same thing about those little Vienna sausages. Which, Boy, we, we ate a many of them growing up. Of course. Do you I'm, eat them now? No. Uh-huh. Unless I'm in a duck blind. Because in a duck blind, everything tastes better. But I lean toward King Oscar sardines. Well, that's a real. Good looking thing. I eat them too, but I mean, I'm saying when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking this can't be good for you. <laughs> oh, it's very good for you. <laughs> I'm saying the guts and the half the oh, head and everybody, everybody that studies it, the, the the health officials say sardines are very very healthy food. I'll tell you this when I, <laughs> I eat, love it because Dad says it's like he's been real communicado with all the health. Yeah, officials. like I'm checking with him. <laughs> You're spending a lot of time you and Doctor Fauci sitting on the porch. I'll tell you this, you <laughs> they censured me twice, Zuckerberg and them, because I showed them how to pick and uh, pluck a duck and get him ready for a gumbo. They censured yeah. me a violent man. Oh, yeah. Then I was a violent man for skinning catfish. They want you to eat them with the skin on, I guess. Phil, I don't there's know. a reason they came up with the slogan, nobody wants to see how the sausage is being made. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, that's what it is. They're like, do it. We just don't want to see it. It's like my I mean, wife, your family's gagging over a snapping weenie. I, mean. we, I started, I said the wheels of weenie snap, and she went, oh, I, I, I can't. I can't, I can't listen to this. <laughs> she got up and walked out because I talked yeah. about the greatest weenie ever had to have a snap. I said, when you, <laughs> you broke it open. Yeah. So it if anybody, the casing on it was a little bit thicker. Than if it. anybody knows what happened to the Wilson I'm weenie. I'm sure some of our listeners will the know. The Colonial Honey Bun. People out of Caddo Parish, Louisiana, will enlighten you on that. The people over around Street. Is that Bun. where it was made? Yeah, as far as I know. Well, I, I thought you had to get them out of a butcher shop. No, it, they just had them in rural areas you could buy. So it's just a Wilson. small. It was they came a, in a box, Wilson Weenies, and uh, it was probably the like people McCain's that hold cotton way back, hold cotton and all out there. You know, they would get wouldn't get paid but three dollars a day. I hold it myself, and uh, but it, bologna, good bologna. They, I think they had a, a brand of bologna too. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. the bologna just fell off the. You know, yeah, yeah it's a lot of bologna, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's don't, no good now. It all it tastes now. kind of processed. Yeah, now. kind of it gritty. Does. It's kind and of gritty. Yeah, it just it's like a gritty it, meat. It, it's it's no good. But you were talking about your sardines. I'm I eat sardines and I enjoy them, but I notice that I do belch for the next three hours. You know, because so something oil oil. in there is causing your body to say, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. Do they give you indigestion? It's all in his mind. No, no, it's not. No. It, it comes up for three hours. Yeah. I convinced one of my buddies to try one, and he's like, "Yeah, it, it was it was better than I thought, except it lingered for hours." I said, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> it doesn't go away." And just from look, I don't eat sardines, but just from looking at them, I would think the comeback is probably not as good as the original go down. 
No, but Phil's right. Those King Oscar, we have no affiliation with them, but I do. I got them up at the top. I don't oh. know what they do. But we learned that from some fellow duck hunters, the Morris boys up in Arkansas. Yeah. You know, they recommended him, and I'm like, and he was really serious about it. The, the, the older man there, like me, the, the patriarch, he said, he said, King Oscar's on the way to go. So I tried him. I thought, oh, he was right. I said, that yeah. old dude is on to something here. Yeah, they're good. So, so are, I found out about sardines. That's what the, I get from Christmas. Duck blind yeah. in Arkansas. Are, like, they, are they imported from like the I don't know, but they're, they're small sardines. Yeah. I noticed that. They're wonder, smaller. Do they grow them here? I mean, do they? No, they catch them. They, they, it's a, it's, they it's a wild caught Oh, it's a wild fish. caught I don't know much about the history of sardine. Do you know whether yeah, you don't raise from? those? No, pond raise them. It's something you have to just catch put, them out of the put ocean. in your back of your mind when you're eating. I just wish they gutted them first. I'd feel better about it, but I nah, eat it. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree with your principle, Phil. What you put in. Especially from a biblical, because there's a lot of illustrations in the Bible. Well, we've talked about uh, us being made up of different parts. And so what you're describing, Dad, is the spiritual part of who we are. It's a nourishment, you mm-hmm. know, you know the, the soul. It's the spirit. That, that's where the nourishment goes to that. The Hebrew writer said the Bible verses are akin to food, but this is digested through your through your cranium, through yeah, your through brain. thinking process. It doesn't go in the mouth. It goes in the ears. Faith comes from hearing. You know, remember what you've learned. Uh, the Word of God is, you know, it's, it's essential for Well, he says teaching. you need solid food, not milk. Solid food, not milk. You but remember gets, John 6? He said, I'm the bread of life. You mm-hmm. feed on me. I mean, right. it's the same. He uses that Solid food, out. these scriptures, is, is for the mature. They've been there, and they've applied these texts to their life, it goes into their head, their heart, which is your Bible heart, your head, your brain, and your 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 body will respond accordingly. Uh, definition of training, training is, uh, remember, all scriptures God breathed, it's useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking, and training in righteousness. You say, just train yourself to do what is right. So training is the action or method of the one that trains, the process or experience of being trained. Christians say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Phil, I'm kind of what – I mean, I, I, I cuss too much. I got too many 50 words coming out of my, my mouth. What's my problem? He hasn't taken the scriptures that says you don't want to have unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth. It's a poor reflection on the model, Jesus no profanity coming out of him, right? No. Well, there shouldn't be any coming out of you. You can do this, but someone else can't do it for you. You train solid food, the scriptures. It's made for the mature. They've been there a while. It took me a while to clean my mouth up. You say, finally, no more cuss words. I mean, y'all been around me for what? Six, all our lives. All your lives. You say, how much cursing did you ever hear come out of my mouth? Just read it back. I mean, none after you became a uh, Christian. Yeah, <clears throat> I think three or four maybe the first couple of years. The first right. year maybe, the first right. few yeah. months. So it was a process, solid foods for the mature who, who by constant use. You say you take the verses 
and someone starts to curse or someone tells these filthy jokes and you got all ears and you listen, the next thing you know, at your workplace, everybody else is cussing, so it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. But I think it's it's a a reflection on the model of perfection. Jesus, we're not perfect, but we try to be perfect, meaning complete sons and daughters of God. And what we say has ramifications, Al. It does. Let's take a break. So I had a great call with uh, Dr. McQuillan. Uh, She is invented, I guess invented, or researched and found uh, a company. She and her husband called Omega XL. And Dad and I have been taking it. Um, It's been a big help for me in terms of back pain, arthritis. It's all about inflammation, you know, basically backing off of it. Still working for you? Because you've been been taking out beaver dams, so how's it working? The only pill I take, and I'm... Just to give everybody, just think about it. You can be 74-year-old and move tons of earth and fight beavers, and you're, you're going toward 80. You needed some. So this stuff, I don't know what's in there, but, you know, it's, muscle. Uh, it's, it's, it's extract from mussels from the pristine waters of New well, muscle, Zealand. Muscle, see, that's the kind of kind of the key there. Muscle, well, right. Muscle. And, and you want your muscles working, right? So um, anyway, it's good for inflammation. Also, it promotes healthy immune um, Jace, we, I guess we're going to get you going So with all your aches and pain. Stone's I'm, on it now, too. I'm in my prime. There you go. So it's backed by 30 years of research. Um, OmegaXL.com slash fill is how you order it. And if you get uh, you buy one bottle, you get a second bottle free because uh, you're coming from our podcast, so they're going to help you out with that. OmegaXL.com slash fill, or you can call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. I think it's a reaction. Uh, if you read Romans 7, which I love, because we get a lot of questions, and this is question day, a lot of people's like, they're like, you know, how do I stop doing this? Or, how you know, I struggle with making mistakes after I'm a Christian, which is all, you know, everybody does. It's We're under grace and we mess up. And Romans 7 you know, I, this is one of the few titles that they put in the Bible that I like. In Romans seven verse seven, my little heading says "struggling with sin." Yeah, and it it's a he. It's like you can almost feel the pain and passion in having this old self crucified, yet wanting to come back, and the new self participating in Christ with the Holy Spirit going to heaven. Remember, and he streams it, of living water will flow from within you. Mm-hmm. What he was saying is uh, there won't be cursing and bitterness. It won't be there. But he he dictates the struggle. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful self, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. There's a lot of do's in here. <laughs> no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin 
living in me that does it. Is I, I get a visual image of him sitting deal. down, talking to a spiritual counselor, which is the Holy Spirit, and he's trying to explain, I'm trying to do this, but I keep doing what I don't want to do. Because <laughs> just like a computer or a cell phone, when you upload various materials into your brain, this is the center of your your, okay. your cell phone. That's where I was going. You with upload what your buddies around your workplace. You're uploading what they're saying. They're talking, and you are listening. No matter what you say, you say, "I've just uploaded it. It's in my heart, my brain, what they're saying, because I was close enough to hear them." Well, you heard mm-hmm. it. Well, it's been uploaded. Well, what are you going to do with it? You take the scriptures and you say, here's what I'm going to do. No matter what happens, I'm going to make sure that what's coming out of my mouth is things like love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, yeah. gentleness, self-control. You're like, but my point is, you upload the, the, and then the you, one you feed wins. You, you th- if you took two fighters, because you know, what do they do? What does a fighter do? Well, he trains, like you said. So what does he do that? Well, he eats the healthiest foods he can find. He ain't eating Wilson Weenies and honey buns. <laughs> Spiritually they're, speaking, same concept. They're drinking milk, muscle milk. But look, then they're training. So then when the fight comes, all what, what's gone in and what's been cultivated and practiced, then it just reacts. That's right. So Because I think that's what happens. Look, if you're if you're listening to, you know, funky lyrics and dirty jokes and you're around all week. Well, then when you get in a situation where something bad happens, and let's say it may be minor, you hit a golf shot in a golf tournament that goes 70 yards left of where you were aiming. Your initial <laughs> that happens to, reaction that happens to me a lot. <laughs> is a four-letter word. You know why? Because I play golf with people, and they'll swing and hit a bad shot, and guess what? Quickly follows. You've identified a four letter word. He didn't make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to say this after I hit a bad shot. Most people, it's a reaction, but it's a reaction to what you're around. So to train yourselves, if you listen to contemporary worship music and you study your Bible and you try to think on, you know, Philippians, the the chapter that says whatever's lovely, whatever's not, and you put, you're feeding. Well, guess what's going to win? Now, he says at the end of chapter 7 and 24 of Romans, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? It says, thanks thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that is the ultimate victory to try to, you know, what they say, put yourself in Jesus' shoes, realize you have the Spirit, operate like he does. Which makes the point of the Hebrew, right? Anyone who lives on milk. You, you're not uh, trained enough to keep take control of your tongue. Being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, how to say and do what's right. But solid foods for the mature who by constant use, like the trainer you're talking about, Jay, have trained themselves to do something that's remarkably simple when you read it, but profound – They've trained themselves. No one else did it for you. You have to do it. Self-training to distinguish good from evil. 
there it all is right there as far as the way you behave. You say, just train yourself. Well, and you got to you got to be patient for the process when a baby's born. Very you don't so. give them meat and potatoes, you know, three days this into This is not this. coming in 24 though, hours. No. Yeah, even though you know, well, it's hard to tell somebody that. They're like, well, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. Yep. You don't want to say, well, you're just immature. But no. that's exactly what it is. That's this, right. This, it took you, you know, 20 years for your life to become a complete disaster. And even though God saved you, and can save you in a moment. I used it, to not it's even. It's going to take a while yeah. to break this cycle and be fed by the Spirit and the when Word. I was under the control of the evil one. There was no problem, filth coming out of my mouth, and I didn't think anything about it. Yeah. I came to Jesus because deep in all of our hearts, in our minds, we know what we know what good speech is, and we know what good living is. We yeah. all know. We all know the difference between good and evil. No matter what they say, well, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, they know. We all yeah. know. That's what my Our point was about tells obvious, us. you know. But the few gray You areas. sear that old conscience, and you sear it, mm-hmm. and you sear it, you'll finally get down there at a level where it's almost impossible to get it un. Well, you'll start un-seared. calling evil good and good evil. There you go. Which I see in our culture all the time. Oh, you see it everywhere. But it's funny, sometimes even it's the setting, because um, <clears throat> just yesterday I was at the golf course, or maybe it was day four, and we were about to tee off, and there's a large group of people, because Jason and I play as part of a larger group. And this guy comes up, and I met him for the first time, and there's another younger man just kind of not really talking to us, but standing nearby. Well, I heard him drop about two or three F-bombs, you know, in whatever conversation was had. It wasn't aimed at me, but I just heard it. And as soon as the guy asked me, he said, "Oh, you're the so I hadn't met you, so you're you're the you're the pastor of the family, right?" I said, "Well, yeah, that's what they call me, either pastor or the or the preacher or the beardless one, you know." Or so the we, weirdo. So we start the other weirdo. So we start having a conversation about the podcast, and he's like, "Oh man, your family and all this stuff." So I, I, I this guy over here got quiet. Well, I mean, like, so. so I mean, like, you know, he's like just telling a story laced with f bombs. Then it was nothing, and then I noticed when. This conversation got going, then he started talking again. I never heard another cuss word out of him. So even though his conscience may not be ready for himself, just when he heard you're the pastor and I was standing three feet away from him, he stopped, which was interesting to me because I thought, well, if you can stop in front of me, you could probably just stop if you wanted to. Peter, well, if you, had right. the, you know what you, I'm saying? You changed the whole culture. The dynamic. Let's, let's take another break. So uh, people searching on the Internet, one of the things that's big out there, Dad, in computer land is that uh, people from social media, other big tech companies, basically when you go and search, they find out what you're looking for so they can target you with ads and all sorts of other stuff. And, you know, people don't like their information being just peddled out to whoever to be able to come after you. And so they, they figure out your profile. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like they profile you and then they know what you want. And or you, they think you are. And you've been facially profiled for years, you know, oh, just yeah. by people on the street. So People look at you and say Well, that. a man such as myself who's never turned on a computer, cell phone, never owned one. Yeah. So what's their what's – their, We're just trying to get you to play along with this because <laughs> We know this doesn't apply to you. This what's, is, my, what's my profile? I'm would, out. Well, it would be like you, somebody watching you, and they like – they figure out that you like – to duck hunt and so on the way from here to the duck hole they put signs out selling decoys and you're like huh how that sign 
Yeah. Come up here. And you go in get the, in your side in by side. In the middle of nowhere because they want you to buy those decoys. That's right. So these people protect people from coming in and kind of sabotaging your uh, your brain and, and selling your ideas and profile. All right, maybe not. Move on. <laughs> so, but for everybody else, they kind of For everybody get else, it, ExpressVPN uh, provides is an app that uh, basically secures uh, – your computer for people to be able to do this. So keeps all your information secure, encrypting hundred percent of your data. Um, so you want to put this uh, on your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. Here's how you contact them. expressvpn.com slash fill. That's expressvpn.com slash fill. Uh, if you go there now, you're going to get three extra months free on a one year package. So that's expressvpn.com slash fill and protect you're searching. One one motivating factor, and it should be, America laughs at it, but we'll see in the end. Peter talks about the destruction of the cosmos. He said, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. <laughs> you ought to be happy to see him arrive and end it all, and you get out alive. Most don't, but there would be some that do. But someone said, is that motivation, adding scriptures? You you, you take the scriptures and you put them in your brain pan. You said, does that help you? Yeah, it helps me. Well, it strikes fear in me. Watching this coming, you're like, whoa. I'd like rather see the day of Jesus coming when he ends it. I'd like to be on solid ground when he shows up. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think that's a good question for house churches and Bible Bible groups. You just say, how many of you are looking forward to Jesus coming back? There you go. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. It tends to stop people in their tracks, and they imagine Jesus coming back and saying, am I looking forward to that? Well, some people are saying, I'm really not, or I haven't thought about it. We don't want to be in that. You're camp. not going to believe the ones who are going to be screaming and hollering for mercy. Oh, oh I'll, I'll believe. Please it. help me! Please help me! Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, this is true. I'd rather be on the right side of this thing. Well, look, and and a good point to make when talking about the scriptures is, and we've made this point before. It's not them in and of themselves. And a lot of people say, "Well, <clears throat> I know I need to read my Bible more," as if. Somehow in the act of it is is what makes us spiritual, makes us godly, but it's yeah. not. You have to be seeking Christ, and through the process of when you find that relationship with him, the scriptures just add to that and mature you and grow you. Yeah. A lot of people look at it like Jesus was telling the Pharisees. You know, They were great at being able to quote scripture. Unfortunately, as we've said, they miss Jesus. So they you got to be a seeker look, first. I see people yeah. training their bodies because of the foods they eat trying to make sure all the way down to make sure that you don't eat drink bottled water and make sure you don't eat have too much cholesterol and too many carbohydrates and yeah they've got all these things they take for bodies but they they all die yeah and most of them die at about the given given uh average yep you know 77 78 for a male 82 for a woman we, we're lengthening our life a little bit. Right now they say it's slipping a little, opioids, whatever. But you look at that and you say, no matter what you do for body beautiful, 
it's going to shrivel up and get wrinkly. Yeah. And people uh, don't they don't want to talk about that. Well, they don't. Well, my point is, if you're going to spend that much time on foodstuffs, you at least ought to look at it from a spiritual perspective <laughs> and a maybe great point. maybe try this. It's a great if, point. If we put into practice all the training and the eating. You know, which has become an obsession. Uh, yeah. If we just put that into the spiritual arena, yeah. you just think, you want to change the culture? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think about how much you work out. Most people who are really in shape that work out all the time, I usually bring up and they always get offended. I'm not knocking them. I, I'm not either. I'm perfectly fine, but I will bring up, and it's always kind of awkward. I was like, you need to have that same time and effort on the spiritual side. It needs to be an equal balance. I had a mother and father one time come to me. <laughs> a brother, and they said, Phil, we can't do anything with our son. He was about 20, 22, young. I mean, I'm talking about this dude was, <laughs> he was solid torqued. muscle. He was torqued. He was torqued up, narrow waist. He was a bull. Iron. He pumped iron, you know, doing flips. He had it down. <laughs> and, I, and, and I would I look at it. I mean, he was so torqued up that when he walked by, you noticed it. Yeah. Well, I was going out across the parking lot one time after church services. His mother and father said, See if you can do something. Maybe plant a little seed. Which, by the way, Dad, it's a great time to interject this. You're so often like people's, like, it's the last. if. I mean, if we could just it's give his him last a, chance. It's last chance. If we could just yeah. get him in front of Phil. So yeah. he said, give, give, him a, give him a try. If you can find, you know, please find time to put him in your schedule. I said, okay. So about, about a month <laughs> or two later, schedule. I'm walking across the pot lot, parking lot, and I spot him. He's over there leaning up against a car. I walked up, and I said, good night. I said, you talk about muscles. <laughs> I said, man, and, and I he grabbed was swell- his arm. He was swelling when you said and it. Look, when it. I touched his arm, he just flexed it a little bit. It just, <laughs> it just, I mean, I said, man, at the muscles. I said, I said, hey, let me ask you something. What's going to happen, though, when all them muscles end up in a six-foot hole? I don't care how talked up you are. You're going into a hole in the ground. You're, no, your exact line, Dad, was – you said you've got quite the physique, and and he he grinned when you said yeah. it. And you said, "How are you going to get it out of the ground?" That was the How way you get put it out of the it, ground. So powerful. And he and he looked at me. He got serious in, and I said, "Recommend need to talk." He said, "Yeah." I said, "Be there Friday." I said, "Come down Friday. We'll talk it over." He comes down. I went through the gospel. God loves him. Jesus died for him, removed your sin, muscle and all. Whether you're you're torqued up or whether you're just skinny as a rail, he'll remove your sin. And look, he would smile at the end of it. He said, take me to the river. So I walked down there, and, you know, when you you grabbed him, it was just like grabbing a knot. But down he went and up he came. But he just needed somebody to say, dude, you're torqued up. You did well. You're a hulk of a man, but it's not going to last. That's right. Yeah. So that's a good story. Well, it uh, it reminds us of of what really does matter most. And you have to tell people that. You have to be consistent with that out there because, look, everybody's going to face – this thing and and yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting during the coronavirus. 
you kept seeing all these science, just follow the science. We're listening to the science, and the science is going to lead us, and it's all about the science. Yeah. Which was really interesting because I thought, you know, science is just theories that people have, and then they test them, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Science is very it, – it's not really what you want to put all your hope in. It's a very fluid situation. I would hate to be in a position <laughs> to where the only chance I could come up with is maybe – He's not there. Just maybe he may not be there. My question always is, but what if he is? That's right. So and I, can't, we, I can't just take, afford to take the chance. And how do we explain uh, what looks like around us? You betcha. Let's, uh, let's take another break. So, uh, Dad, uh, this, our next sponsor is, uh, is really interesting because this was a book that you talked about on the podcast that you read. And because we talked about it, uh, he's now sponsoring our podcast, and so we want to let other people know about it so they can get the book. It's Yo Mama Wasn't a Monkey. Yeah. You remember that book? Yep. It's by Tex Cyrus. Good book. And basically, um, you know, it answers the big question, is there a God or do we descend from monkeys, which is kind of the whole concept of evolution. By the way, he's some kind of medical doctor, I think. Yeah, it doesn't say here. I believe he's a medical doctor. But it says here, it, this is a memoir, really. So it, he discusses his life. Yeah, he's some, a medical doctor. Yeah. Some, some tragedies that were in his life. And it kind of led him to these bigger questions, which I thought was really – and I love the name of it because it sounds like something you would have come up with. Yeah. Your mama wasn't a monkey. Um, so anyway, we want you guys to check it out. You can purchase the book, Your Mama Wasn't a Monkey, by Tech Cyrus on Amazon. Dot com. So Dad's read it. Uh, he recommends it, and uh, we think you'll like it. Check it out. I remember filling a duck blind one time. We had somebody in there that, you know, we used to make biscuits every day in the duck blind, which now, we, you know, sometimes we may. But I remember we had somebody in there that was talking about what was in a biscuit, what was wrong with it. Not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hunting, I'm hungry. <laughs> I smell the biscuit. This is the coolest thing. It's one of the greatest things you can do in my mind. A hot is, biscuit is and a cold Figure out. Night. Remember, y'all had these weird biscuit makers that they closed. That was Max, yeah. And you just put them on any kind of fire, and it's like in 10 minutes you got biscuits. And I, I mean, mean, they're just like they're fresh out of the oven. I don't yeah. know who invented that, but awesome. Yep. And uh, somebody was down in biscuits, like saying, well, you know, they say, you know, take five years off your life and all the ingredients. Bill's over there just, just being, you know, being quiet. I thought, what? No, what's he gonna think about this? Because mainly we are eating the biscuits to get to the jelly, which because Phil's a, you know, famous jelly jelly man. aficionado. Phil said, "Hey, whatever his name was, he said you never want to get to be fifty, sixty years old and say to yourself, I should have ate that biscuit." <laughs> <laughs> and everybody hesitated and then busted out it's laughing. A roar. And so then we we're eating biscuits, them too. And I was like, you know, it really wasn't a profound statement, but it's like, uh, you know, this is, we're eating this biscuit and we're going to enjoy it too. So I think you got to show, I mean, I'm all for seeing what's healthy and trying to be healthy lives, but I'm at the expense of your spiritual life, number one. That's just stupid. Yep. If you're not putting the same amount of time into eternity and character, well, that's just stupid to me. A lot but, of people worship it like the whole, whether it's the exercise or the, you know, the food gods, I call them, where everything just becomes about whatever they're doing. You know, like it's 
you know, it just becomes their thing. But it, it becomes your motivation too. You know what I've noticed? Cause we've all dealt with a lot of people on an individual basis. I've noticed a lot of women and men who all of a sudden they start eating right and they start getting in shape yep. and, you know, you're, everybody's thinking, this is awesome. You look fantastic. And sure. then when you set them on the couch, you find out that they were doing it because they were having an affair. And that was the driving motivation because all of a sudden the physical was now a pull. Body, body yeah. beautiful. Took well, over. right. Now we're getting down the situation. So here I am thinking, now, wait a minute. I'm all for getting in shape. I'm all for you feeling better about yourself. But you've turned that into something that's wrecking your life and your family and it's sinful behavior let's stick to the working out and gearing that you know toward the husband or whatever but so i'm just saying it you can't take it at face value because like in the world they're like oh isn't this great she's better in herself or he's you know he's done well yeah it's got a hook in that that particular act had a hook in it say what they will al i've been saying this for years where the Jesus rate is high. We're, we're the, back on this. The crime rate is low. <laughs> the sin rate, you said. I like Where the sin crime rate, rate is high. The I'd Jesus actually like to see some low. stats on always. this or some numbers. It's I, a, as a general it's, it's rule. just from observation. I know, but I, you live in the middle of nowhere and you, you don't go out. But I'll probably agree look just at our because. Culture. Look the, at our culture, Jason. Tell me what you think. It's a The world's a big place, but. I think the principles that are applying would probably be true, but I just don't have a stud- – I don't know how to study that is all I'm saying. I do, just observation. <laughs> He's a man of science. I just look observation. and see. Yeah, I would love for somebody to do a study, but unfortunately in our society, they don't do studies. Well, I know there are good people in crime areas, unfortunately, that are trapped there, and that's unfortunate in this current climate. But All I right. do agree that there are a lot of sinful people running around making life miserable for a lot of people uh, in the current climate. We see it every day. But you, to your point a minute ago, Jay, you're right. I, Lisa and I have worked with – obviously, we work with a lot of people who have had affairs and things like that. And I can't tell you how many times these things will come on the heels of someone making a big physical transformation – it's yeah. like all of a sudden something kicked into them. It's like, and then all, and then all of a sudden they're kind of out there in a way they wouldn't have yeah. been before. They're just looking at it through the wrong lens. And I man, brought that up because I see it so. I see so it all, all of a sudden their dress starts changing. They start right. showing more of their body because they they want to show it all. Right. And I'm like, well, you're attracting. This is not the type of attention. Mm. If you want to show more of your body. Go home with your husband or you know or your wife, or yeah, yeah, and show it off to them and have a big time. Yeah. God sanctioned, go for it. But that's not in a lot of cases what's happening. You're familiar with that too. Oh yeah. So I, what I'm my point is, we're all into healthy things that make you have a healthy life. But what separates us from the world, it's what you're doing with that that's more important. If you're using it as a you know, some kind of weapon to destroy your family and, you know, disrupt your kids and lose your eternal salvation. Well, I'm never, you know, I'm not sanctioning that. In the grand scheme of things, that's really small to what's right. the, the kind of food you're putting in your spiritual life, you know? And I mean, look, if we convert someone who's 300 pounds overweight, obviously we're going to get to making 
better, healthy decisions. But I know one thing, if they have the Spirit of God and they have the greatest manual in the history of the planet to help you make better decisions, you're going to be way more on on the right road to making that kind of decision than you were just saying, hey, why don't you eat healthy? You know, So you'll get 10 more years on the earth. Or that becoming your thing. Um, there was a there was a question uh, that I wanted. I'm going to ask the question, and we'll take a break, and uh, we'll come back and, and try to deal with. This is interesting because we get a lot of questions like this. This is from Robert, and I think the problem with Robert with the question as you framed it is that you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. But here here's what he said: um, Why would God allow a person to be born? Which right off the bat, that there's a problem with that, but that lives an unrepentant life and eventually goes to hell. If God knows they are eventually going to hell and going to suffer for eternity, why would He even allow it? Heard it, it heard it thousands of times. And time. then He even makes the comes back with what was what I would have said anyway. Wouldn't we refuse to reproduce and have kids if we knew they were going to hell? We would break our hearts the whole time. So let's take a break and then we'll tackle that. I've heard this question many times. It's usually coming from a place of trying to put God in our understanding. Because you got to remember, the first thing I always say to that question is, I don't even answer the question because I'm like, you're trying to put God on a timeline. Here's the problem with that. He he doesn't time. It's just a line. There's no timeline. So if you you have a being who is bigger than before, present, and after, he's bigger than those three concepts. So the only time time exists is here. So we look at something like, well, if if he knew beforehand what was going to happen after, well, why didn't he do – well, he's not – He's only using the phraseology in the Bible for our benefit. Correct. It's not before, during, or after. It just is. So my my quick response would be: uh, We've been studying John. There's a somewhere in John seven. It says something about chooses. Uh, let's see seven. Now he was making a different point, but I just want to use this illustration. Uh, John seven. 17, it says, Jesus says, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. And all all my point is, well, God already knows what we're going to choose. So my question in response to his question would be, well, why did Jesus say that? Correct. Because he already knows who chose what. Right. Well, why did he say that? The process was his idea to show his love and to have a family, mm-hmm. an eternal family, because that is his his nature. So, you know, you can get into other areas of you don't really understand good unless you had evil. You don't understand glory unless you had dishonor. There's always two sides of this thing for you to realize where you're at, which I think that's ultimately why this operates the way it does. So I think you're right. And there's two things that I see in the question. One is there is the importance of choice. God gave us choice. He, he we were Correct. created to choose, both to that verse, right. but the garden, all of it. So choice is our part in this. And so it, it's not like He takes that choice away because 
the the Robert, the way you framed the question was he would give us no choice if he only created us to do those that would only go to heaven. I mean, right. you have to make a choice. Number two is the importance of life. Because think about this. To answer the question, that's exactly what God did. He intervened in time by Jesus coming here. Look, he knew what was going to happen to Jesus. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew he was going to die. Well, even he knew saying that. that is he, he, it's like he knew, but he just knows. He just interjected himself as a man, but the whole plan has already happened. That's, That's right. why it's some troubling verses in the Bible. They're not troubling if you look at it from God's perspective, like the one in Ephesians 2 where it says, he seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Well, nobody wants to talk about that. Right. Because, well, it's a translation issue. or <laughs> No, in his mind, we're seated with him in the heavenly realms. He can already see it, beyond our time. Before we even got here. Right. That's why your heart is so important. You're not going to trick God. But I would recommend to Robert, is he go back? We did a whole podcast about Judas because there was a similar question. Yep. Well, why, you know, is Judas, what's the deal with that? It didn't seem uh, fair because... You know, they, they uh, he kept warning about what was going to happen. It didn't seem fair to Judas. It was almost like, well, he didn't have a chance to not. Yeah, to they not, they not think betray. he didn't have a choice. He was That's just right. created. Well, I think go back and listen to that, and you'll see our take on. To me, it's the opposite. The fact that Judas he was chosen as one of the chosen twelve, that he washed his feet, that he loved him, I think shows that God's nature, even those who don't want to choose. You get to live. You yep. get the chance. That's right. You know, and Everybody. you don't want to surrender. Even though he knows the ones who didn't, there's something about this process, all of us going through it, and I mean process, life. There's something about life, whether people decide to, you know, to not make the most of it or they embrace Jesus. There's something in that battle that we all share that that experience it ultimately is victory. Yep. Well, God has provided ways for a person. He said, if he already knew there's going to hell, first of all, they made the decision. I don't care what you say, God. He's provided the manual. He's provided the ones such as ourselves to proclaim. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable that's every one of us, including, what's that guy's name? Robert. Robert, you're perishable, my man. First Corinthians 15. Yep. The, the, the perishable the, can't inherit the imperishable, Robert. Listen, i tell you a mystery, and, and, and you ask the question, so it's a mystery to you. We will not all sleep. That's when you die. But we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Here comes Jesus back, and if you've died, all the ones in the grave, they are, they, they are they're coming back to life, some to hell, some to heaven. The trumpet of sound, the dead will be raised, the sons of God and daughters, imperishable, and we will be changed to live in a different realm, an eternal one, for the perishable, that's what we are now, Robert, must clothe itself with the imperishable. That's what we'll be. And the mortal, the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, 
Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Because it comes upon all of us. The sting of death is sin. That's what causes it. Separates from God. God sent Jesus to solve it for you. And the power of sin is the law. You never kept the law, Robert, and I didn't either. You made a conscious decision to break it. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Immortality's on the line here. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, which we're doing right now, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There's escape hatch that God has fixed so that all can escape if they want to. But it's their choice, like you said, Al. It's want, their choice to make. I want make. to bring up in the last minute that we have Romans 8, which I think answers the question directly. But, you know, it's this this question of one of you will say to me, this is Romans eight nineteen. why does God still blame us for who resists his will? And he says, but who are you, oh, man, to talk about to God? Shall what is form say to him who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump, lump of clay some pottery for noble and some for common use? That answers Robert's and, question. And then it says, what if God, choosing to show his wrath and making his power known, bore with great patience the objects of wrath prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known? to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory, even us. So my point is, you read that, you think, ultimately it's it's his call. We don't have a better explanation for life and where we're going. I think some of this will be made a little more clear once we're all standing literally in the presence of God. But to me, I think there's something to the process of the good and the bad and having an understanding of true victory, you wouldn't know if you weren't competing and someone didn't lose. Well, how would you know what it was to win? Yeah, he's, that's right. He, you couldn't win if you couldn't lose. He made that's us. It. He made us in His image, and He made us. And Second uh, Peter three says He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to choose Him. And so, just make uh, sure you choose. Victory in choose, Jesus, Romans. Hey, 7. Robert, are you listed, boy? Choose, <laughs> choose wisely. So thank you, Robert. Thank you, Bobby, because uh, we were talking about your question about struggle uh, when we first started the podcast. I'll close out by reminding you that uh, Dad's got a new book, uh, Jesus Politics, that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's going to be released on August the 4th, but you can pre-order, and we, we'd like for you to pre-order. Uh, it helps us to be able to promote the book. Pre-order and... and- Kay, Miss Kay made coconut pies today. Ooh, so that's pretty I'm, good. That's why that's I took off right. my earphones. com is where you go. The first 2,000, you get a signed copy. Also, you get to read the first uh, few chapters of the book. They have it available if you'll pre-order your copy today. So thank you, Unashamed Nation. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to us. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.